is a super flex super show it is week six it is your super flex standard operating procedures i'm john hogue at super flex dude reunited with my good good friend it's been a while james the brain at underscore james the brain on twitter yeah man it's been a while since we've been on a, on a podcast together yeah, this has been fun though. I mean, what, let's let's be honest, man. I, every time Ouch. we get on a podcast, oh, well, well, <laughs> it, it's definitely good to be back with you. There's no doubt about that, John. But okay. it's been fun to, to log onto a podcast and just just kind of see who you're who you're with. You know, oh man, all right. <laughs> yeah. you know, we got we got someone different here. So yeah, no, it's uh, <laughs> it's taking me back to the roots here, John. It's uh, you and I podcasting together. I'm I'm looking forward to this one too. These these shows I think are very informative. The standard operating procedures and looking forward to you kind of showing me how to do it. Cause last week I tried my hand at it and, uh, wasn't as, wasn't as good as you and, uh, you and Brian are in the past week. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to learn from you a little bit this week here. I don't know, man. I thought you guys did really good. I, I, I personally really appreciated how deep you guys dove into it. Javon Wims. That was a, <laughs> that didn't end up panning out this week, but, uh, I, I just, I've really personally just appreciated the process. And I think that that's something that we kind of need to strive for uh, every week on this show. But yeah, this week, Brian Haar is going to sit this one out. He's actually celebrating his anniversary, him and his lovely wife. So congratulations to the Haar couple. And uh, it, it means that, yeah, you and I get an opportunity to to podcast here together once again, reunited, and it feels so good. Before we get into the SOPs, though, I want to tell you about another podcast from the DLF family of podcasts, Megafeed, which is where you can find the Superflex Super Show if you haven't already. But if you subscribe to the entire DLF family of podcasts, that, that Megafeed, you're going to get all of the great podcasts from DLF, including Dynasty Game Night. We all play fantasy football for fun. Informational podcasts are awesome, but sometimes you just want to listen to something fun. The Dynasty Game Night podcast is all about having fun and playing fantasy football-related games with friends and with the community. So yeah, join John Bosch, Matt Price, and their newest member, uh, Russ Fisher, Dynasty Outhouse. Uh, those guys, uh, I think, uh, are, are they just got started with, uh, the, with Season 3 not too long ago. So, um, so make sure to check out the dynasty game night podcast. That one's always a blast. And, uh, I, I challenge you to try and answer those questions, uh, right along with them in real time. It's always easier when you're listening to the podcast and when you're actually on a podcast like that. Uh, I did a family feud podcast with, uh, with, um, Matt Williams, um, on the the Daily Blitz podcast a couple weeks ago, and uh, uh, we uh, we essentially played Family Feud, and man, <laughs> was it's so much harder when you're actually sitting there with the spotlight on you, just like sweat dripping down your face. All you want to do is just quit. <laughs> just like <laughs> this, this is not even fun right now. But you look back on it, it was awesome. So. Uh, Dynasty Game Night. Check that one out because uh, and and just know that the participants are sweating. Anyways, like, James, let's, go. 
I talked that one up probably more than most podcasts uh, that that we do. But that one's that one's one of my favorites. It's it's so fun to listen to. Um, let's get to standard operating procedures for this week. This week six Superflex SOPs, starting with your waiver wire ads, and the kind of the way that Brian and I did it a couple weeks ago that I think might be worth um, revisiting just so that we can keep this. Yeah, fairly efficient, but still get all these names out there and um, try and get some fab values on these guys. Is James? I'm just going to give you this list of players, and I'm I, I, essentially we want to rank these guys. Um, we can also put put a fab value and percentage to these guys, but I think that what we what we're really looking for is how you prioritize these players. Uh, going into your waiver run for week six. Okay, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it that way. So we got a list of players here, and I get to rank them, huh? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll I'll and I'll give you just kind of a, a give everybody just kind of a quick backstory on each one of these players and why we've got them on the list, and then uh, um, we can get a little bit more into the analysis uh, as we prioritize them. So it's going to start with Chase Edmonds, uh, backup running back in Arizona. David Johnson is still healthy. Chase Edmonds did score a long touchdown this week, and uh, the the usage has gone up a little bit. Devlin Hodges, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We all saw, saw that horrific hit by Earl Thomas on Mason Rudolph that just turned his lights out completely. Uh, pretty scary moment, um, and... Mason Rudolph is in the concussion protocol. I would not expect to see him play here in week six. Uh, so Devlin Hodges takes on the starter role. John Hilleman running back for the New York Giants. Uh, Wayne Gallman also concussed, I believe. Um, Saquon Barkley almost played, by the way, uh, which is just crazy after a high ankle sprain. So there's a chance that he makes it back in week six. Wayne Gallman, I believe it. I believe it was a concussion. I should really look that up before I say it, but whatever. It is. It is a concussion. You are right on there. Okay. Okay. So yeah, again, in the concussion protocol. And I also think that they play Thursday night. I'm just like throwing out all this stuff, all this <laughs> like conjecture. They do though, but you're right. You're right. They do play Thursday night. They, they take on the New England Patriots, which should be a... Okay. Uh, a barn burner for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one team that can beat the Patriots. So uh, with a new generation at quarterback. So, um, but they'll have to do it without either of their top two running backs. John Hilleman uh, looks to likely take on the lead back role. And I don't know why you would rush either Barkley or Hilleman ba or uh, Gallman back necessarily for, for what's going to be a very tough matchup on a short turnaround. Gerald Everett, the tight end for the Rams, um, nine catches, 93 yards, something like that on Thursday night. Man, again, I'm just kind of pulling these numbers out, but it, it's it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Heavy usage against the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night. Uh, Chris Herndon, tight end for the New York Giants, returning from suspension. Um, uh, he Wasn't he back in week five, James? You know, it looks like he was he, he was eligible to return, and he I, I believe he suited up. He just didn't record a stat, so that's that's an alarming uh, uh, kind of an alarming 
usage type thing there with Luke Falk, but you got to think Sam Darnold's coming back sooner rather than later. Right. So I wonder if that changes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Darius Slayton, wide receiver for the New York giants, um, getting even more banged up. So Sterling Shepard makes it off of the concussion protocol and manages to play in the game this weekend uh, only to get concussed again. Uh, I am not expecting him to play on Thursday night. Again, short turnaround, but also with two concussions so close together like that, I got to think that this one is going to be multiple weeks in the concussion protocol. Yeah, they have already ruled him out, so they took no time. Uh, they didn't waste any time ruling him out already. Uh, so it's it sounds like it'll it'll be a multiple week thing. I think you're right on that, John. Yeah, and and it really should be. Uh, that's what the concussion protocol is is there to do. Uh, Foster Moreau is our last guy. He's a tight end for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, supposed supposedly the backup tight end, but um, Ryan McDowell tweeted this out. He's actually. Over the course of the last two weeks, he's actually outscored Darren Waller by about 0.4 points, uh, fantasy points. Um, And uh, the the big difference is Moreau got in the end zone this week. Uh, Waller has not scored uh, in the last two weeks. But, I mean, I think that that's something we need to track. And, you know, the last couple weeks we've been talking about, you know, the the, – what what you can get out of the tight end position, um, the the kind of the the potential there that the position holds for you. So um, we've got several tight ends in this in this group, and uh, I think that they're all going to be worth talking about. But I'm curious from you, which of these players is going to be your top priority? Yeah, well, and you're right. You know, the tight ends are kind of kind of where where I'm looking here, and my my number one guy that I would. Uh, put put my top priority on is Gerald Everett. And the reason being is because Gerald Everett's had two pretty solid games in a row now. Um, he's part of an offense that is throwing the ball an awful lot with the Rams. The, the Rams defense looks awful. I mean, they look really <laughs> subject to, to being beat by any passing attack at this point. I mean, they look, they look bad, which means if that's going to be the case, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And that's what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Uh, two weeks ago, Tampa Bay ran them out of the house, 55 to 40. Um, but in that game, Gerald Everett saw eight targets and he hauled in five of them for 44 yards and a touchdown. So definitely more than serviceable, a guy that you could put in at that tight end position. You get a touchdown, you get the five grabs and the 44 yards, and you're thinking, hey, that's it's not bad for, for what I had to give up for Gerald Everett. But then this next week, he really builds on it. And that's that's the thing for me is that he showed that he's going to take those numbers and, and you know, the Rams are still going to use him. Um, he was he, he was behind Cooper Cup the heavily targeted, the, the most heavily targeted receiver um, for the Rams last week. Cooper Cup saw 17 targets. Gerald Everett saw 11. Ended up having seven grabs for 136 yards. He didn't find the end zone. But, man, with two really solid performances back-to-back like that, uh, to me, this is a guy that's uh, still on the waiver wire because, you know, you don't know if you can trust him week in and week out. But two very, very positive uh, games in a row. I think the, the, the game, the, the narrative, the game narrative and the game script is going to be positive for him moving forward. So I, I think Gerald Everett's my number one here. As far as percentage of fab goes, look, tight end, I don't prioritize very highly. So I'm thinking 10, 11%, depending on what you have left. I'm not going to go nuts for him. There's not a lot of guys on here that I'm going to absolutely spend a lot of a fab budget on, but I think that's about where I'm at with that one. Really? See, I'm thinking... Uh, it, 
it's 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 a little bit tough because um it's like you said it's hard to prioritize the tight end position even though we're seeing that like that they they can really be more trustworthy than the wide receiver position you're not you know you you can get a little bit more stable productivity out of the tight ends and and to me that might be to me, that's pretty valuable in the flex position as well as that starting tight end spot. So, you know, you can you can create a much higher floor by flexing a tight end than you can with a wide receiver, even in a PPR league without a tight end premium. I think you can still do that. So, uh, but it's still the the tight end landscape is still a little bit murky. We've got some guys here th- that feel very boom or bust. So it does make it it makes it tough to put a significant amount of fab onto one guy. I will say though that Gerald Everett has I, I mean I'm looking at his matchups. He's got he's so this coming week he's got San Francisco. He's got them again in uh week 16 in your fantasy championships in both of those games. Right now San Francisco is the third best uh, the third best defense against tight ends as far as giving up fantasy points. Beyond that, though, Gerald Everett faces. He he's got man. This is just a dream schedule with you know Atlanta and Chicago, Baltimore, and then um, down the stretch and into your fantasy playoffs. He's got Arizona, who is the absolute worst at stopping tight ends. Uh, Seattle. Again, who he just torched, and then uh, Dallas, who's the uh, the ninth worst uh, at defending the tight end position in Week 15. So you get such a nice schedule out of him. He's a big part of an explosive offense. I think that I'm probably willing to go as high as 30 percent to get Gerald Everett and to not have to worry about either a tight end position or a flex position. You know, instead of having to swap out those wide receivers and try and figure out that position, you know, the the wide receiver position on a weekly basis, you know, based on matchups and stuff like that, I, I'll just take the the safe floor of a tight end, and uh, as particularly the ability to the chance to get a guy like Gerald Everett, who's you know who's going to be he's a he's only owned I believe in eighteen percent of superflex leagues. And in Yahoo Superflex leagues, but uh, the the opportunity to get somebody who's who uh, to me out of this group, I I agree with you that this is the top priority because this is the one guy out of this group who's a rubber stamp starter the rest of the year. I think so. I, I'll go as high as thirty uh, percent just to lock up a position there. Yeah, um, and I think I think that's more in line in, of what it's going to take to get him. So I think that's yeah. probably more realistic. On if you really want to get this guy, that's that's about what you're going to have to spend. I think. Yeah, and with a tight end premium or two tight end, I think you're probably going to have to go significantly higher than that, even uh, to the tune of maybe. I I don't know if fifty percent is going to do it in a in mm-hmm. a in a tight end premium league. Yeah. Um, but, and I, I'm, I'm willing to go that high. Um, it, you know, depending on the situation, uh, depending on, you know, my fab 
the 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 fab of the rest of the league um you know needs it tied in you know my needs their needs whatever all of that stuff kind of comes into play so it's 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 a little tough because we talk about percentages and we're talking in a vacuum and each league it's it's going to be a little bit different there are people who have accumulated enough fab that they can throw you know 50 percent of your starting fab and it's only like a quarter of what they've got so um it but and then there are people who are going to be pretty desperate for a tight end but they're pretty set everywhere else there there are several scenarios here where gerald everett goes for a lot more than what we're talking about here but i think in a vacuum in a tight end premium league i would go 50 percent um it without that tight end premium i'm still going 30 who is going to be your second priority here well, my second priority here is going to be a quarterback only because we're, we're talking super flex and the quarterbacks have that, that, you know, value. So I'm going to go with Devlin Hodges and look at this is a guy who not a lot of people know a, a ton about. He's an undrafted free agent um, out of Samford university. So he's not, you know, he's not well known. He wasn't a, a big school product or anything like that, but he, he looked okay. I mean, he came in, he, you know, he, he got the job done that he, he kind of needed to, um, as far as finishing off that drive with a touchdown uh, that he came in on and, you know, he, he didn't look great, but you got to think a full week of practice will help that. And it sounds like Mason Rudolph's going to be out for a while. We know big Ben is, you might actually have a starting quarterback for a few weeks here. And again, bye weeks are coming up, man, those starting quarterbacks, they're drying up. So I, I think I would say that he's my number two here. Again, I'm not going to go crazy in fab. I'm probably right around that 10% again with him. Um, I don't want to go crazy for a guy that I don't know what I'm going to be able to get out of him. I mean, if this is a Luke Falk situation, you know, you, you might as well just, uh, you know, just punt that put the super flex position and put it, put a different position in there because Luke Falk just wasn't good enough. So is this going to be another Luke Falk situation? I don't know. Um, but I'm willing to take the chance being that it's a quarterback that maybe this guy can put up some numbers good enough for me to use when I have to on bye weeks and such. So, uh, what do you think, John? What, what about, uh, Devlin Hodges? Am I, am I off base having him this high here? Oh man, you, you might be, um, I, well, no, no, I'm going to say no, just because it, it is super flex. Somebody needs a quarterback, whoever lost Mason Rudolph. Plus now we've got four teams on by this is really the bye weeks are really coming into play. And you kind of mentioned that, but we've got, you know, Derek Carr, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Josh Allen, and the combination of Mitchell Trubisky and Chase Daniel. Those are, those guys are all on by, uh, Plus, again, Mason Rudolph out with the injury now. Um, I, I, I think that it's probably worth it to pay for Devlin Hodges, even though I think this is only a one-week rental. Uh, they've they get the uh, uh, they get L.A. this week. Which one? The Rams, I think. Look what you done! Uh, Look what you done! I know it finally finally caught up to me. I finally just couldn't pull it out of nowhere uh they get the chargers oh the chargers the chargers so it, it's not a great matchup anyways and then they go on by uh and and i kind of think that mason rudolph is going to be back by the time they get their home against miami uh in week eight um i i think that the mason rudolph is probably back by then that so that hit looked horrific 
you know, and it, and it was pretty scary and everything, you know, the way he went down with it in it heap like that. Although I kind of think that the concussion probably came from the fall more than the hit itself. Um, that's, that's my guess. And I'm, I, I'm, I can't wait to get Ethan Turner's thoughts on some of this stuff, but, um, as a, as an MMA enthusiast, <laughs> I've seen much worse. So, uh, and I've seen these guys bounce back pretty fast. Uh, I, I, I don't think that it's necessarily any worse than, you know, any, any other concussion that I, you know, Sterling Shepard, for instance, I think his concussion is much worse because it came right after another one. Um, I, I think that that's a more extreme injury than Mason Rudolph. And I'm, I'm really curious if Ethan Turner would agree or disagree with that. Um, but yeah, so I think Mason Rudolph is probably back uh, coming out of the bye week. And so you're looking for a one week rental. Devlin Hodges has a kind of tough matchup against San Diego. I, they're they're beat up in the secondary. There is that, um, so there's an opportunity there. But and and you know Juju Smith Schuster working out of the slot primarily is going to uh, he's going to avoid Casey Hayward. They still have that pass rush though. So man, I don't know. I I think you've got to be pretty desperate at quarterback. <laughs> uh to to take on Devlin Hodges this week. Like I think you've got to have you you'd have to start him as in your actual quarterback spot. I don't think that he's super flex worthy. Um and again, I think it's a one week rental. Yeah, I think that's going to be the big thing. If he ends up being a one week rental, then you're going to spend money on pretty much nothing cuz mm-hmm. I don't think against the Chargers is a week you want to use him. Yep. However, uh, that I don't know what that Mason Rudolph injury is. He dude spent the night in the hospital, got out, says he feels better, but I don't know how significant that is. Does he need two weeks? Does he need three weeks? I don't even know really what is all wrong with him. So um, I just know it didn't look good. It looked like they were trying to stabilize his neck. They couldn't um, get him. I mean, they, they wanted to cart him off, um, but they couldn't get the, uh, the, the cart, the, the, the doubt, the thing that they drive the whatever onto the field, they couldn't, it wasn't working. So they actually <laughs> had to they actually had to pick him up and pretty much carry him off. Um, and so he had to try to walk off, but I mean, they had to remove his face mask and everything. I mean, this was, it seemed like a big deal. So I'm not sure what the injury is. I don't know how significant it is, but if, if it isn't significant enough to keep him out, then yeah, I mean, you're taking a risk because you're probably going to spend fab on a guy you're not going to use, which we never want to do. However, if he is out multiple weeks, like you said, you know, three weeks from now when he's playing Miami, that's that's awful nice to have him in that matchup, you know, because that that's a matchup I think he might be able to. I mean, they have weapons. It's not like Pittsburgh lacks weapons, you know, around him, playmakers. So with the weapons he has, I think he could put up some numbers against Miami. So you'd like to have him if he's going to start that week. It's just a matter of, you know, we don't really know yet what's going on with Mason Rudolph. So um, I, I guess the more the news comes out, try to make as much of an informed decision as you can based on what we're hearing as far as Mason Rudolph and that injury goes. So um, also keep it here because if you do pick him up or you don't, either way, like you said, John, Ethan Turner, we're going to break down those injuries with him on those start sit episodes. And I know he's going to, he's going to have a bunch to say about it and he'll be informed to know exactly kind of what's going on with him. So um, that'll be interesting. I can't wait to get Ethan's uh, thoughts on some of these injuries this last week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So just kind of looking into the crystal ball, I, I, I'm going to say 
like a one percent that a one percent fab claim is what I'm going to put on Devlin Hodges, just because, like I said, I mean it's such an extreme scenario if you actually need him that I don't think uh, there are going to be that many people who actually who really need to pick him up. Uh, you know, you have to be down to you know you if you have two quarterbacks and they're both on by, for instance. I think that, or, you know, one of them was Mason Rudolph and you're starting Devlin Hodges at your quarterback position so that you can fill out a legal lineup. That's the only way I, I can see doing it. Um, but I think that your, your approach is, is, you know, it's a lot more conservative and, you know, for somebody who's hurting at the quarterback position, I think that that's, that that's fair to, to take that approach as well. Um, so for me, the next guy is going to be Chase Edmonds and we can rush through these guys a little bit faster. And by the way, I just added one onto the list because we got breaking news as we were recording this, that Zay Jones was traded from the bills to the Oakland Raiders for a 2021 fifth round pick. And the Raiders have been hurting at the wide receiver position uh, Zay Jones has probably been dropped in a lot of leagues, definitely redraft leagues, um, but probably some dynasty leagues as well, just because he has not been used uh, hardly at all in Buffalo. So the fact that he go, walks into a situation where he could very well be a starter uh, from day one in Oakland, I think that we're going to need to talk about him. So we'll get to him too, but I, I'm still saying Chase Edmonds is actually my second priority. And I think that I'm going to go somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 20% for him. That might be a little high. Let's say m maybe 15%. And I think that that probably gets him. Um, the, the I think that people are going to look at this and still say, you know, David Johnson's still healthy. This is not, you know, we're not scrambling to pick up a guy who takes on a starter's role in a run-heavy offense. Uh, but I, I think that Chase Edmonds, first of all, is going to have some standalone value here just based on the opportunity, the role that he's got in that offense, uh, and, which, by the way, is growing by the week. And then if David Johnson were to go down, then all of a sudden you've got this guy on your roster that you got for 15% of your budget who does have that running back one upside. So for me, I... I this is the time of year, especially if I'm on a contending team, where I start looking for those running backs who could take on that major role later in the season to help me get to the fantasy playoffs and then win once I get there. You know, I really like this. This was going to be my third um, option here. So I, I do like Chase Edmonds a lot. Uh, look, David Johnson, it was reported um, – I, I someone talked to David Johnson after the game a reporter and he said his back stiffened up on him last week. So he came out and that's when Chase Edmonds really kind of did some of his damage. Here's the thing, a back injury to a running back. I don't care if it just stiffened up on him or not. <laughs> that's that's I'm monitoring that. I'm picking up the backup, especially because Chase Edmonds looks very capable when he is in the game. So if David Montgomery were to, or I'm sorry, David Johnson were to miss time, I think Chase Edmonds would be able to fill that role pretty admirably. He'd be fantasy relevant and probably um, in the flex spot in some of my starting lineups. So Chase Edmonds is the kind of guy that I would go grab. Um, I, I I like this here. Um, I think. 
I think I'm probably right around the, I'm lower than you are on all these guys only because I think we've had stronger weeks already. And I think we're going to have stronger weeks of names that are going to be available for us to add um, Mm. than what we have this week. Yeah. So I'd like to save my fab a little bit. And so I'm going low end here and I'm saying I'm probably going about 8% of my fab on Chase Edmonds. So if you have a hundred dollar fab, you know, um, you know, uh, money to spend on the waiver wire. I think about $8 of it is what I would be willing to spend to get him. I'm not going to go crazy because like you said, you know, uh, there are going to be people who are going to say, Hey, look, David Johnson's still starting. He's still healthy. He's still going to get the, uh, you know, the, uh, the main carries there, but, um, Chase Edmonds has been good with what he's been given. And again, you know, he's one injury away from, uh, being a guy that you're starting almost every week. So, uh, yeah, I like Chase Edmonds and that's about what I would spend on him, John. Yeah, that's that's uh we're we're pretty close on that one. My the only reason that I bump it up is because I believe that you know the, the when you say you're saving your money for later in the season, I think Chase Edmonds is one of the guys that you're saving your money for. So, I think it's worth to pay up a little bit to make sure you get him now. It is a rough schedule going forward though, I will say that. So, Chase Edmonds was your number 3. So, so far for you it went Everett, Hodges, Edmonds. Who's number 4 for you? Number four for me is Foster Morrow, um, another tight end. Again, I don't prioritize the position, but this guy has been good the past couple of weeks. He's caught in touchdowns. And um, Foster Morrow, to me, is a guy who came into the week with a little bit of fanfare, but Darren Waller was the guy who got the first opportunity, and he shined when he got that opportunity. But we're starting to see, look, Oakland is struggling with pass catchers. And so they're putting multiple tight ends out there, and both these guys are producing. So this is the type of guy that I would pick up and say, hey, look, I think Oakland's going to have to throw the ball on. Uh, I think this is uh, this is a guy who's been getting targeted. And like you mentioned, he's been getting, uh, he's actually outscored uh, um, Darren Waller the past couple weeks. So, um, you know, he's obviously fantasy relevant then. So this is a guy who I would pick up. Uh, I'm not going to spend a ton on, but, you know, just imagine with the injuries that Oakland's had, if they get another injury, I know they just dealt for Zay Jones, like you reported. And I, I, uh, you know, that, that'll be, that'll have to kind of come into play here a little bit, but I think for at least the, the first couple weeks, Zay Jones going to take a little bit to get used to this offense, what his role is, what's, you know, that, that sort of thing, get his feet under him. You know, he's moving from Buffalo to Oakland. Um, that's, that's a bit of a move. Um, so, uh, or LA, uh, you know, or whatever, going to be Vegas, I guess. Uh, but either way, you know, I mean, that's, that's a move. So I, I would expect him to take a few weeks to get his feet under him before he has a, a whole lot of fantasy relevance. So to me, Foster Moreau for the first, next, next few weeks here is a guy who I think I would pick up and I can play, especially in tight end premiums. Nice. I like that one. I'm going to go with the guy that you actually brought up last year he was a next week this week guy and he ended up being one of the absolute steals in 2018 so we talked at the top about chris herndon so it turns out he was actually still suspended here in week five because they had their buy in week four so this finish so week five was the fourth of his four game suspension so so yeah, so it it wasn't uh, it wasn't quite as damning as as what we originally thought. Uh, Chris Herndon likely returns here in week week six, and um, we've we're also very close here to uh, to the return of Sam Darnold as well, I believe. So you know, and, and we saw last year the way Sam Darnold really likes to zero in on Chris Herndon. The fear for everybody has been Adam Gase and, you know, how he 
how he's used the tight end position, particularly in Miami, uh, somewhat in Chicago before that. But I, I mean, I saw firsthand in Denver the way the tight end position was used here um, under Adam Gase. And I just really think, and I, I've, we talked about this in the offseason, I really think that the Adam Gase offense, the whole thing is kind of overblown as far as how Adam Gase, quote-unquote, likes to use you know, the different positions. I don't think that that's it. I think that there's a certain amount of autonomy given to the quarterback. And like I said, we saw the way Sam Darnold likes to target Chris Herndon. We saw that last year. And I think that he's going to be free to do the same here in 2019. So I think that Chris Herndon very well could pick up right where he la- where he left off in 2018 now that he comes off suspension. Uh, that's another one that I uh, probably in the neighborhood of, I, I, I think you might get him for 10%. Uh, I don't, I don't know what you think if, uh, if that sounds about right to you, if that's a, a price that you would pay. And if you think that gets him, um, but just kind of spitballing, I'm thinking 10% probably gets Chris Herndon, uh, based on, on that fear that he's, you know, he's not going to be used. Yeah, that's it. It's really interesting when you look at these players that start the year suspended on, you know, what these guys are going to go for. And I think tight end, you know, this year we're starting to see that there's probably less and less teams that need tight ends because there are some names that are producing. Um, so Christopher Herndon might, you might be able to get them for about 10, 15%, I would think 15 max, but, um, I, th- I think there's a chance that you get him for that if he's still out on the waiver wires. Um, so, yeah, and, and my thing, you know, you you nailed it, John. My my worry is Adam Gase. I just don't know how how much they're going to use the tight end position. You know a lot more after watching Adam Gase in Denver than I. You know, I I I don't I don't uh, know a ton. I just know when I look at the production, the tight end position just doesn't seem to produce under his. Um, you know, on, on teams that he coaches. So to me, it's worrisome, but uh, obviously you, you kind of had a little bit more knowledge there that uh, makes me feel a little bit better about it. So I might move Christopher Herndon up my rankings knowing that. However, um, I'm still proceed with caution with him. I love the player and I really like, um, you know, what he did last year and see if he can build off that. But um, I just don't, I, I don't know what to expect. You know, that's the thing when, how, how long does it take them to work him into this offense? How long does it take Sam Darnold to get healthy? There are a few things here at play that uh, could, you know, you could pick him up, but you might have to sit on him for a couple weeks or, you know, something like that before he really starts starts firing on all cylinders. So um, I'm with you there on Christopher Herndon, though. I, I, I really like the player. Um, I just think, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more reserved than you are, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see moving forward how he's used and um, how quick they can get him up to speed and as part of this offense. So let's see, we've got John Hilleman left again, you know, just on speculation that he takes on the starting job until Wayne Gallman and or Saquon Barkley come back. We've got Darius Slayton, the wide receiver for the Giants, uh, with uh, Sterling Shepard back in the concussion protocol. Um, again, they they have a quick turnaround here Thursday nighter against uh, against the New England Patriots. Tough matchup, and I'm going to guess that Slayton probably draws Stephon Gilmore. I I don't think I mean unless they move him to the slot to to follow Golden Tate. I don't think there's anybody else that you really have to worry about on that New York Giants, New York Giants pass offense. Obviously Evan Ingram, but that's not a Stephon Gilmore assignment. 
Uh, and then we've got Zay Jones, the newest member of the Oakland Raiders. Um, th- these, so it feels like these are all pretty minimal, pretty minimal, uh, uh, fab claims, right? These are going to be pretty low percentage guys. Um, or is there anybody that you would put more than like one or 2% on any of these guys? Any, no. any of them excite you at all? No, not really. Um, Zay Jones, <laughs> a wait and see for me. I mean, he could um, be exciting, but as of right now, no. Um, and then you know, John Hillman and, and Slayton, I'm not, I'm not excited about it all. So, uh, no. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at with it too, John. I think if you're going to pick these guys up, you know, don't don't waste a, a ton of money on it. Yeah, yeah. Zay Jones could almost be a next week, this week guy. Um, Hillman and and Slayton, I mean, their their value really is for this week. And again, it's a tough matchup in both cases. And there's no guarantee that Hilleman ends up with that, that role. Uh, if if Barkley were to make it back, I, I still don't think that that's going to happen. I think Hilleman probably is your lead back. But I mean, even then, in such a tough matchup, it's it's there's just so many reasons to not do it. So uh, before we get into the rest of our SOPs, just want to tell you about the FF Mercenaries. The goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. The fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together, and this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS or expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for you, your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off your first consultation. That's pro- promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. James, let's talk about some players that we can drop. Uh, just give me a few names. Uh, and, and we're not saying that these are guys that you necessarily have to drop, but we're kind of, I think that we're kind of identifying here just some end of bench guys that could be moved. Uh, if, uh, if some of the guys that we talked about for the ads are on waivers are available to you, uh, this is uh, some, this is a way to clear some roster space. So, uh, if you want to give us just a few names of some guys that you would be dropping right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of them's Mason Rudolph. Um, again, that's, that's kind of, that's, I'm probably not dropping them now, but keep, keep, word out, you know, keep your ears open. If it sounds like he's going to miss a significant amount of time, I don't know that he's worth waiting on at this point. Um, I don't know that his numbers are just good enough for you to wait on and want to use him week in and week out. Anyhow, Um, if he's only going to miss one week, two weeks, great. You know, that's good. But if this injury is something more severe uh, than, you know, and he's going to miss multiple weeks, it might not be back to week 12, 13, something like that. I think you could probably move on um, from him. Malcolm Brown's another guy. Um, Todd Gurley's not getting the carries. Neither is Malcolm Brown. They're just not running the ball very much. Uh, Malcolm Brown's putting up very pedestrian numbers. He doesn't need to be rostered in redraft leagues. You can probably find better on the waiver wire um, out there as of right now, guys that are actually getting the ball and getting opportunity. And last but not least is Ben Watson. Um, Guy served his four-game suspension, was not activated for the fifth game for New England, um, and then he gets cut promptly after the game. So, 
I'm not sure what's going on there. I don't know. I don't know why or what what happened. If they soured on him or or what, but I do know that uh, if he's on your fantasy, you know, uh, teams, and you you really were were hoping that uh, that he was going to come back and and help you at tight end, uh, I I think that wait is over. You can cut him for somebody else who might might be able to fill that role. Nice. I'll give you a couple guys too. Andy Isabella. He was supposed to be the Christian Kirk clone. Christian Kirk out should have meant an increased role for Andy Isabella. He didn't even register a target. He did get a couple carries, but uh, I mean, everything that he's going to do for you is going to be in the return game. Uh, the occasional end around it's, it's nothing that's ever going to make any kind of sense for your starting lineup. Now this is mostly redraft. Although I think that in shallower dynasty leagues, I think you can also clear some room by cutting it. Andy Isabella, Luke Falk, Part of this is, you know, the idea that Sam Darnold returns here fairly soon. Now, it's a tough matchup this week. Whoever gets, whoever is the starting quarterback, uh, they get Dallas. Uh, at least they're at home, but it's a tough matchup for quarterbacks. And then they're at home against New England. Uh, we, that's just not anything that you want anything to do with. And if Luke Falk is, is still the quarterback for that New England game, he'll most certainly be out by the time uh, they get Jacksonville and then Miami and the New York Giants and the Washington Redskins all back to back uh, plus Cincinnati, Miami <laughs> later in the season. All, all of that goes to Sam Darnold. So uh, wow. Luke, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, Sam Darnold very well could be back this week. Uh, but if he's not, I don't think that Luke Falk is in a, is in a startable position anyways. Kind of Kyle Allen is kind of droppable. I mean, he's still a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, they they have another tough matchup this week. Um, I think, damn it, I did it again. Um, let me find this real quick. They, oh, they get Tampa Bay. That's not a bad matchup. But, I mean, he, he did not look very good against Jacksonville this week. It became pretty obvious that, you know, where we thought that he was going to be the Cam, the Cam Newton replacement just two or three weeks ago. I think that all that is com completely out the window at this point. They get Tampa Bay. He might be startable there. He might get you, you know, middle of the road quarterback two type numbers uh, against a pretty bad Tampa Bay secondary, but uh, and then they go on by and then I, I expect Cam Newton to be back. And I think when he comes back healthy, he takes that job right back. So I think that Kyle Allen, you know, you could use him for one more week, but, uh, if you're not going to start him this week, I think that he's droppable if you need to make some roster space. How about some buy candidates, some guys who you're not going to be able to pick up on waivers, uh, you're going to have to try and buy them. Um, but some some guys that you can go get uh, relatively cheap right now, some kind of buy low type options. Yeah, then th this is going to be interesting because I've got some heavy hitters. I've got some big names, but I think they're probably cheaper than they have been and probably than they ever will be. I'm going to start with Saquon Barkley. Um, if he doesn't play Thursday, Owners that have him rostered are going to start getting antsy. You know, they're going to start seeing him on their bench again or on their IR again and going, what am I going to be able to play you? You know, and 
Look, his value is starting to fall. I, I did a poll on Twitter, and it sounds like most people think Christian McCaffrey straight up for Saquon Barkley um, is a slam dunk take McCaffrey. So you might be able That's to nuts. you might be able to get Barkley, or I, I mean, you you actually might be able to get Barkley plus if you have McCaffrey. And to me, that's crazy. So that's ridiculous. Yeah, it just shows how much his value has gone down. To me, it, that's really what it shows. Um, obviously, McCaffrey's value has gone up as well. But say to acquire Saquon in the offseason, if you had Christian McCaffrey, you had to give Christian McCaffrey and like a first to even have a conversation with the Barkley owner. So to me, this is the time to buy Saquon. He's on the shelf. Um, people are souring on him. And if he misses this game here, go go inquire. Go see if you can buy him cheap because I think now is the time. My other guy here, John, is DeAndre Hopkins. And this is a guy who is starting to struggle too. Will Fuller had his game. And, you know, they, they passed all over the field against Atlanta. Houston did this last week. And DeAndre Hopkins didn't really do much. So I think a lot of people are starting to, to get frustrated with DeAndre Hopkins and his numbers and his target share. It just hasn't been there like it has the last few years. And guess what? This guy is going to write that ship. Now is the time to buy him because if you have, if there's somebody in your league who's maybe three and two and they got the month or they have uh, DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, they're struggling because they really feel like this is a guy who, you know, they were counting on heavily and he's not producing, you know, go make them an offer. Go make them an offer for one of these, you know, I'll be honest with you. Go, go, go shoot him. Chris Godwin straight up for Deandre Hopkins and see what happens because a lot of people are taking that right now. And I would be absolutely ecstatic if I can get Deandre Hopkins for Chris uh, Godwin. And that's nothing against Godwin. I just think I, we know what kind of talent Hopkins is. He's, he's a top wide receiver talent. It's just a matter of time before he breaks out. Uh, I think we're going to see that sooner rather than later. So the buy window is starting to close. But if I'm if I'm looking for a wide receiver and I think I can get Hopkins on the cheap, I think that's what I would do, John. Absolutely. That one is so it's so crazy the way people are bailing on Hopkins after he went eight targets, seven catches, 88 yards. He didn't score, but people are going to look at the fact that Will Fuller, we, we actually should talk about Will Fuller at the same time because he's uh, he's our primary sell after the week that he just had 14 catches, 217 yards, three touchdowns, 16 targets. People are going to look at those 16 targets and think that Will Fuller just took over as the number one option in Houston. But half of those were screen passes and it was working. That's why they did it. That's the only reason that they did it is because it was working. Will Fuller is, is great with that wide receiver bubble screen. I mean, you just kind of, you just set up the screen for him and let his speed take over and it was working. So, you know, that's why wouldn't you do that? So I know he also had some, you know, he, he also had some long touchdowns. Um, he had a, he had a nice 44 yarder, but I mean, it, a lot of those targets were coming off of that screen pass. So to me, what really happened with Deandre Hopkins here is he got game scripted. So, and that's not going to be the case every week. The guy who's the most likely to get game scripted out of any given Houston Texans game is Will Fuller because that screen pass isn't going to work every single week. Yeah, right on. No, I'm with you. I, um, Will Fuller is our cell. We're, we're kind of, kind of jumping around here, but, uh, but you're right. It, it's perfect to talk about him at this point because, you know, his value 
skyrocketed. And that's that's kind of part of the reason why you can buy Hopkins low is because Fuller had such an amazing game. And this is the time to get rid of him. Look, Will Fuller is great if you're in best ball because he's going to put up these monster games and he can win you weeks. However, you have to start him week in and week out to make sure that you're going to get him in your lineup when he has these monster weeks. And the problem with that is, is that he's going to have a lot of duds, a lot more duds than he has these monster weeks. So it's hard to overcome that when you have that in your lineup. So Will Fuller is a guy now, hey, man, he he torched that team. He had, what, uh, 200 and some? Yeah, I mean, he, he went nuts. Three touchdowns. I mean, he he really, um, really shined. And uh, and his numbers now, I mean, he, uh, he's got to be looking like a top 10 or top 12 fantasy wide receiver based on, you know, mainly just that game. So I think if you could sell, hey, look, I got the wide receiver 11 in our scoring format, you know, a wide receiver one, and you can get the value of a wide receiver one or an even a high-end wide receiver two, man, deal Wolf Fuller now and just smile, you know, when you get to cash that in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with that, John. I agree with you 100%. That's the sell right here. Yeah. And again, at the same time, go buy DeAndre Hopkins. Love that one. And the Saquon one, that's so crazy to me. That we're already talking now in a redraft league. That's fine. If you, if you would rather have Christian McCaffrey because he's currently healthy and Saquon is not, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. But in a dynasty league. Yeah. You're sticking with Saquon Barkley. There is not a better running back on the face of the earth than Saquon Barkley. And he's coming back. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very John, who are your buys, man? I'm looking forward to hearing who you think you should be buying. Well, so this week. I, I really only have one that I'm that I'm totally sold on here. So we're, we'll talk about him real quick. Matt Ryan's schedule coming up. So it, it, it let's see. This week he'll be at Arizona. They're the third worst at stopping quarterbacks from producing fantasy points. Then it, they've got the L.A. Rams, seventh worst. Seattle Seahawks, the fourth worst by week. In, uh, and then uh, the New Orleans Saints, the second worst. It's such a cake schedule. They finally get a tough matchup with Carolina, and then they're at home against Tampa Bay, and then at home once again again, again against the New Orleans Saints. So Matt Ryan has the perfect schedule to get you into the fantasy playoffs in your Superflex leagues. I would absolutely go by Matt Ryan. He's a quarterback seven right now, and that's with a much tougher schedule to start the season than what he's looking at going forward here. I'm absolutely buying Matt Ryan, the one that I'm not so sure about. And I wanted to talk to you about this guy. Uh, this is somebody that you and I have talked a lot about in the past. We've been talking quite a bit in the chats. Now we finally get to kind of hash this out a little bit, uh, kind of one-on-one here. Because I've got Aaron Jones both in the buy and the sell category with a question mark next to him coming off of a four touchdown performance. Obviously, there's a buy win or a sell window based on four touchdowns. If you can sell him on the fact that he has four touchdown upside every single week, then I think you have to do it. But I I also I, I mean the narrative is still out there. And I mean, you're you're kind of on the front lines of this one that Jamal Williams is coming back and we've seen how involved Jamal Williams has been so far this season. The, the argument is going to be from a lot of people that the only reason Aaron Jones scored four touchdowns and was so involved and had so many, so many touches 
was because Jamal Williams was not available. So, and, and, you know, they, they don't believe in Dexter Williams. Apparently they brought up Trey Carson uh, to, to serve as the backup. And, and so, I mean, they felt like all they really had was Aaron Jones and he got all of the work. Now I've always believed that Aaron Jones is the better back. Uh, And I, and I think that you actually do too. It just sounds like you, you know, you've got being in Wisconsin, you're right there hearing all the, all the, the gossip and the whispers about how this front office feels about Aaron Jones. So I guess what I'm curious of is when Jamal Williams comes back, how do you view this? And based on the fact that Jamal Williams will be back, is Aaron Jones a buy or a sell for you? Well, and here's the thing. I'm let's let's get into this. So yeah, I, I have been on the uh, you know, the of the mindset that the the front office, the higher ups in Green Bay do not do not trust Aaron Jones. They don't want him to have that full workload because that's harder to replace if you don't have a guy who's part of a timeshare with him. Okay. So if you're relying on him week in and week out for 26, 28, 30, 30 touches, and all of a sudden that's missing. Now you have to replace that. Whereas if he's in a timeshare, you only have to replace 12, 14, 15 touches, you know, and it's that's a lot easier to do. Um, so that that's that's kind of been what I've what I've heard. However, here here's the thing, John. If you are going to break that that mantra, if you are going to get into the heads of the front office to say, you know what, maybe we have to trust this guy. Maybe we have to let this guy go. You know how you're going to do it by what he just did against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that it, it was awesome. Twenty six carries or 26 touches rather for 182 total yards and four rushing touchdowns. Look, this offense is much different than what we've seen from the past. Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers had 238 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He looked fine, but he didn't look like Aaron Rodgers. He didn't carry this team on his back. And guess what? He didn't have to. This is how you prolong a career for an aging quarterback too. And I think that they can do this. I think they can write Aaron Jones. I think now is the time for for the front office to open their eyes and go, you know what? This is what we need. This is what we need. This is what we got to do. Um, he played with energy. He played with passion. He was running hard. He he did everything right. Um, I, I, I really like what I saw from Aaron Jones. And I think that kind of performance is going to be enough to wake up the front office. So guess what? I think Aaron Jones might see an uptick in carries. I, I don't know that it's going to be a Christian McCaffrey type thing, um, but I, <laughs> I, I could not. see 75 to 80% of the touches in out of the backfield going to Aaron Jones from here on out. Um, unless he does something to lose that, you know, in the next uh, few weeks, you know, if he, if he doesn't perform or something, I could see it maybe going to more of a 50, 50 share again. But um, with this performance, I think he opened eyes and I think that team knows now, Hey, look, this, this, this is how we can win games. You know, when the, when, you know, not always, we don't always have to do this, but we can do this and we can utilize this, this great strength that Aaron Jones is and this running attack is. And, uh, and I think, I think they will do that moving forward. So I guess we'll see to me, John, to the answer to your question. I don't know that he's a buy or a sell. I would like to say he's a buy, but man, after a four touchdown game, that's really tough to do. I think, (laughs) I think, I think what I would do is I would be waiting for Aaron Jones to have one game that isn't fantastic and then inquire about his price. Then, then kind of see, Hey, you know, Aaron Jones kind of came back down to earth, you know, 
what are you looking for for him? You know, something like that. And, uh, and see if you could score him, you know, for something reasonable, because I think he's more of a buy than a sell now. I would not have said that before this last week either. So, um, he definitely, definitely turned some heads and I, I'm, I'm hoping that that's enough to wake up that front office. Man, we need to mark this day on our calendar. The day that Aaron Jones finally won over the brain. So, uh, what I'm what I'm struggling with is figuring out when Jamal Williams is expected back. I'm not totally even sure of the injury, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, I assume just a concussion, right? I mean, he was it was a it was a late hit by Derek Barnett, helmet to helmet. Um, so I assume that he's in the concussion protocol. I don't know if there was anything beyond mm-hmm. that as far as neck and back. Yeah, no, I don't believe so. I believe it's all concussion related. Um, and so, uh, I get, you know, I guess we'll, we'll kind of have to see what's going on with him. I think Ethan will have a nice update for us too. Um, but I know that, uh, that he's been missing these games with concussions. So, um, but it was, a, it was a bad one. Remember he went to the hospital with this concussion. Um, Carter and then they would field. Yeah. Yeah. And they listed it as a head neck injury uh, initially. And then they really said it was a concussion. He was in the protocol. And, uh, and so I don't know kind of a time frame, but I think again, tune in, make sure that you're listening to Ethan because he's going to have an update for us. And I'm sure um, he'll know a lot more about it than what we do. There you go. So we'll, we're going to take him off of our sell list officially. You're definitely not selling Aaron Jones. I mean, I am in one league because it's a it's a league where I'm trying to tank to get the first overall pick in 2020, <laughs> and he just him and Cortland Sutton just helped me sneak out a win uh, that I really didn't want. So I'm I'm getting rid of him in that league. Uh, just there's your context for you. I he doesn't belong on my roster, and he's just hurting my cause at this point with four freaking touchdowns. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean if you're if you're contending you're hanging on to Aaron Jones for sure. And I think that there's still a buy opportunity. I think, you know, you might have to spin it a little bit. You might have to campaign a little bit based on the fact that, you know, just put it out there. Hey, Jamal Williams is coming back. He's going to, he's going to clear the concussion protocol in the next week or two, and he'll be back. And, you know, they'll, they'll go right back to that running back by committee approach, even though, we just heard it here from James the Brain that that's not likely to happen. Aaron Jones has won over this front office. So by Aaron Jones. But yeah, first soften him up a little bit and uh, try and get him cheap. Let's get to our final segment of the week. Next week, this week. So the idea, of course, being that you pick up these players now a week before they become high waiver priorities and you have to spend a significant amount of fab on them next week this week you can get them cheap or free so pick them up and stash them now and uh, save yourself some fab next week and i'm going to start with you james have you give us uh have just run through your guys and uh and then i'll uh give you my guys Okay, so uh, I got a couple guys here. My first guy is Farrell Cooper. Um, look, Farrell Cooper is is interesting only because he, uh, you know, he he's playing in Arizona, and Christian Kirk is out, and the wide receivers. I it's been interesting to see how they use these guys. Um, you said about Andy Isabella there. 
they're just using different guys than maybe we would expect. And last week, Farrell Cooper had a couple grabs. Um, it wasn't anything spectacular, but you know, I, I, I don't know that we were expecting much, but I think his role might increase. Um, he had two targets, two grabs for 33 yards. Both, uh, one of his grabs went for a first down. It was a 28 yard gain. And the other one actually went for a first down as well, even though it was a five yard gain, it was a tough fought five yards and he ended up getting that first down on there. So it was interesting to see him kind of mixed in. Um, here's the thing though. The reason why I like Farrell Cooper as a pickup this week is because the Arizona Cardinals are at home against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons' defense is atrocious. They are giving up passing yards and passing stats um, that are, I mean, are, are, are rarely seen on a defense. Um, and this is in Arizona. I think Arizona is going to throw the ball more. Um, Kyler Murray coming off his first win. It was at home against Cincinnati. Uh, a nice win there. And uh, they're, they're at home this week against Atlanta, a defense that success, success, uh, can be had through the air. Let's just put it that way. And uh, and I think Farrell Cooper is a guy who might get involved. I could see him sneaking in a late touchdown and actually being fantasy relevant this week. I could see Arizona passing the ball a lot. Um Atlanta, while they went up a lot of passing yards and scoring touchdowns uh, through the air, they also score a bunch <laughs> through the air too. So I could see this being a high-scoring game. The over-under already is set at 52 with a high over-under like that. I think uh, Arizona is going to score a lot. I could see Farrell Cooper getting in the mix, and that's why I would pick him up this week because if he does uh, you know, show out a little bit, Next week, he's going to cost you fab money, whereas this week you can pick him up uh, for next to nothing. So Farrell Cooper is my first guy there, um, and that's based on more or less the matchup and the opportunity uh, for him. My second guy, this this is the uh, the uh, the apple of my eye right here, and this is Albert Wilson. He has been um, – yes, we, we've all been, been high on Albert Wilson, right? We've been waiting – not so patiently for this guy to come back and, and do something because we, we've been, you know, we, we championed him all off season as a guy that you wanted to get. And, uh, and we just, we haven't seen him, you know, cause he hasn't played. So, you know, now coming off a bye, it sounds like Albert Wilson is going to play and it looks like his first game is going to be in Miami at home against the Washington Redskins. Who's going to have a new coach. Um, things aren't looking great there. Um, that team does have a decent defense, but um, that offense has been struggling a little bit. Uh, Miami, I think we know, hey, look, they, they just need a playmaker. I mean, outside of Preston Williams, I don't know that anybody has really looked good on this offense. Josh Rosen, I think, has. Uh, but that just helps Albert Wilson. You know, I think now you have two legitimate wide receivers with Albert Wilson and with Preston Williams. And you have Josh Rosen, who's a good quarterback. I think this is the game that Albert Wilson you know, he, he's going to show up in the box score. He's going to look good and people are going to go, Hey, I remember him. Yeah. Let's go grab him. And then they're going to look and see that he's already on your roster because you took him a week early. So good job. Good on you. Grab Albert Wilson now because the matchup is nice next week. And I think that, uh, that, you know, with him finally suiting up, this is the week, this is the week to fire him up. Love that one. You know, I love that one. Uh, I'll give you a few guys here and we, so we can wrap it up. Reggie Bonaf Bonafon Bonafon. However you say his last name, he's a backup running Bonifone, back. To, yeah. Bon, yeah. Uh He's a backup running back to Christian McCaffrey uh, for the Carolina Panthers. And McCaffrey just had, so he got 19 carries. He got nine targets for a total of 28 opportunities 
that's just not sustainable. And we actually saw, you know, we saw what can happen as he went out late in the game with an injury. He's fine. He's going to play. Um, he's he's still the, you know, the for for the time being until Saquon Barkley comes back, he's the best running back in the league. But I think that the Carolina Panthers probably understand that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to continue to put that type of volume on Christian McCaffrey, uh, especially once you get Cam Newton back. I think that then you can start to, uh, you know, you can you can start to lean a little bit more on the passing game and on Cam Newton running the ball. But I think you're also going to start seeing Reggie Bonifon getting in the, into the game a lot more often. I think you're going to see a little bit more of a split approach to this um i don't think that it's going to be anywhere near 50 50 but i think you're going to start to see him getting more and more work uh so that they're able to to rest christian mccaffrey keep him somewhat fresh and then if mccaffrey were to get injured um all of a sudden you've got again running back one upside out of your backup so kind of along the same lines as chase edmonds in that regard kind of a lot of similarities to Chase Edmonds, in fact. So, um, But one who's far less likely to be picked up this week. So if you grab him, you can get him for free this week and uh, stash him and be prepared. Another guy, that, and this is another Boy Scout pickup here. This is just always be prepared. Matt Moore. So the backup quarterback to Patrick Mahomes. And... The problem for Mahomes is so he had the ankle injury in week one that nearly kept him out for at least a couple snaps. He ended up in the tent. Um, Miles Jack threw a huge fit, and it allowed for uh, for the training staff to uh, tape Pat Mahomes' ankle up and get him back into the game. Um, but I mean, he's been working on a bum ankle ever since. And we've seen that this offensive line cannot protect him. I'm not predicting injury here. It's more kind of along the same lines as with Christian McCaffrey, where you protect your investment a little bit and maybe find an opportunity to get uh, to get Matt Moore, you know, some some work, get him on the field. This also turns into a very, very tough schedule for the Kansas City Chiefs. Houston this week with J.J. Watt, Denver with Von Miller. You've got that pass rush from Green Bay. You've got Minnesota, Cameron Wake with Tennessee. Uh, the the that entire pass rush from the the L.A. Chargers with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Um, then they finally get a a little bit of a respite in Week 12 with a bye, and then Week 13 with Oakland. But then right back at it, they're at New England. Then they've got Denver again, and then they've got Khalil Mack in Chicago in Week 16. It's a tough matchup for quarterbacks, but especially one who we know how good Pat Mahomes is. Just uh, by the way, I bumped him up to 1.01 very unceremoniously. Um, uh, That's not totally true. I I definitely uh, tried to uh, tried to make it known, but. Uh, to me, he's he's the number one quarterback. Uh, he's I put him ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I also put Deshaun Watson ahead of Aaron Rodgers in my Superflex rankings for dynasty purposes available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. But all that being said, just the same way that we would like to protect our investment in Pat Mahomes, 
I think that the Kansas City Chiefs also might need to realize at some point here that Pat Mahomes is going to need a break from these from these pass rushes that this offensive line cannot stop. I think you might see some starts from Matt Moore. We know what that offense can do. You're not going to get Pat Mahomes numbers from Matt Moore, but he he's got all the wide receivers in the world. He's got, uh, they're going to have Tyreek Hill back here very soon. Uh, the running game is finally getting healthy. I think that there's an opportunity if and when Matt Moore gets on the field, I think that he's going to be a very viable super flex starter. And finally, the two tight ends for New England, Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo. We actually had Ben Watson as a as a drop, and I think that I missed that one. But Ben Watson coming off a suspension, it looked like he was going to be uh, activated by the New England Patriots. And I think that we even did we even recommend we recommended picking him up, didn't we? Um, I think we probably did um, expecting that, you know, New England normally gets their tight ends involved and that Ben Watson being a veteran and we've seen him have success in fantasy previously uh, expecting that he was going to come off that suspension and and slide into the starting spot. And that didn't happen. I'm still not sure why, but I'm sure some stuff will come out on on what's going on with Ben Watson and why New England didn't feel comfortable, you know, kind of keeping him and sliding him into that spot. Yeah. And it could very well just be the fact that they're happy with they with what they've got with Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo. Uh, Lacoste got the majority of the targets. Ryan Izzo gets the touchdown. It's going to be a little bit tough to sort through that still, but I think that they're happy with what they've got between those two guys. Certainly in a best ball league, I think. And and if you've got a tight end premium, especially, I think those guys can be very useful. Worth picking up now. Um, just based on the opportunity that they're going to have going forward in that New England Patriots offense. Yeah, I, you know what? I can't say anything about all, any of these ads uh, these next week, this week's. So I think all of them have opportunity to to be very, uh, you know, to be hits. Uh, so, and, and that's what you're looking for with this. I mean, waiver wire has been picked over. We're looking down the road at guys that are going to be useful next week. Um, you know, not even this upcoming week, but next week is going to be when everyone's going to want to pick them up and you've already got them. So um, it, it's tough to do. You, you know, you're taking some deep risks, uh, some deep reaches on guys that, uh, you know, have already gone five weeks and haven't been haven't been touched. So, uh, mm-hmm. so that's always tough. And, and, you know, we're also looking at guys that aren't going to get picked up this week, um, you know, off the off the waiver wire. So uh, it's interesting. I like a lot of these names. I think they all have chances to be guys that you're going to want on your roster. Um, after this week, to me, the, the thing I really want to see is which one of these tight ends between lacrosse and Izzo is the one that becomes new England's, you know, primary tight end. And I don't know that we have enough information to make the answer to, to answer that question yet. So it, it's going to, it's going to be uh, something to monitor for us. I think John moving, moving down the road, which one of these guys, um, people are going to prioritize um, if they're going to pick one or the other um, at this point, And also which one ends up becoming the more valuable piece there as part of new England's offense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, it gets pretty speculative at this point in the season. A lot of what we're relying on, particularly with next week, this week is injury. You know, we're a lot of the guys that we're going to talk about this week and going forward 
it's going to require some injury. It's going to require someone getting, you know, missing time essentially. But one of those two tight ends is going to be usable. And then Albert Wilson, man, (laughs) that's still, that's still a massive man crush. Uh, So yeah, some, some great next week, this week ads, but we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. So hopefully that's, uh, that's a, a helpful dose of standard operating procedures here for week six. So you can go out and dominate your waivers, make some trades and load up for your, for a run towards the fantasy championships in your super flex leagues. So for James, the brain, he's at underscore James, the brain. I'm John Hogue as super flex, dude. Don't forget to check out our live show on Wednesday night, nine 30 Eastern. And where we're going to be answering listener questions. So send us your questions, send us your trade polls, whatever you got. uh, Or you can just bring them to the live chat, put them in the live chat and we'll answer them live. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to send us your questions. And uh, until next week, good luck on the waivers.